Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is episode 46. Hello, Sarasota. This is Bob. Wow, I cannot believe how far we've come since launching in February. Our 50th episode is right around the corner, and it's going to be special. I'm not going to give it away just yet, but my guest is a certified celebrity. Yes, he's been in movies and featured in many media outlets, plus he recently got back from the Cannes Film Festival in France. However, he's known for something much, much more significant. He actually helped change the entire world of money and finance all before the age of 30, and he lives right here in Sarasota. If you're curious, then tune in on July 19th for a very special episode of Sarasota Stories. And now on to today's show. Often people fantasize about owning their own restaurant. However, given the high failure rate, how do you ease into the restaurant business to test your idea without the large financial outlay? Why you start a food truck, of course. Hi, I'm Bob Williams, your host for today's episode. And I truly believe if you want to better understand your community to build personal, professional, and yes, even lifelong relationships, then you got to hear each other's stories. It's an absolute must. In fact, that's why I created this podcast, the Sarasota Stories Podcast. It's dedicated to helping you get connected a little deeper with those living in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview business leaders and civic leaders, artists and authors, entrepreneurs, physicians, philanthropists, and others who are making a positive impact in the greater Sarasota area. My guest today is Annie Scarabelli of PurpleBowl.com. She and her husband, Worley, realized their dream of starting a food truck business two years ago. In this episode, Annie will share what one thing people don't know about her, why she and her husband chose a food truck business, what's so special about acai, What's been most surprising about starting this type of business and what has been the most difficult part? Where does she want to take her business and where you can find out more about Annie and Purple Bowl and much, much more. Thank you for joining us today. It is my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Annie Scarabelli of the Purple Bowl Food Truck. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. 
Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. And I'm always fascinated by how people start businesses and why they choose the businesses that they go into. And so you decided to go into the food truck business. We're going to talk about that a little bit, talk about what you sell, and where, where people can find you. But what I always like to start off with, ask my guest is what's one thing that most people don't know about you? Uh, okay. Most people don't know that I was actually born in Argentina. I always tell people I'm from Brazil ah. <laughs> because both my parents are Brazilian and, um, but they were living in Argentina at the time when I was born. And so most people don't know that because I don't know if you know this, but Argentinians and Brazilians kind of don't get along very often. <laughs> Especially on the football field, right? Exactly. So <laughs> when I meet somebody who's Brazilian and I say that I was born in Argentina, it's automatically like, a, oh, you know, like dissing and trying to be funny. And so I don't advertise it. But yeah, I was actually born in Argentina and moved to Brazil when I was uh, six years old. Oh, so, Okay. Okay. Do you, yeah. do, so, so, and, and when did you come to the United States? 1997. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was oh, so, 14. Oh, okay. Well, you're really international cosmopolitan and all that good stuff, aren't you? That's great. That's great. Well, so, um, do you get back to Brazil much at all or Argentina? What? We go about once a year to Brazil. I haven't been back to Argentina. I was actually uh, looking into planning a trip later this year, maybe um, because we haven't. I haven't been back since. We yeah, left. yeah, yeah. That's great. What and what part of Brazil did you grow up in? I grew up in a in a state called Alagoas. It's in the northeastern part of Brazil, mm. um, and it's by the beach. It's amazing. The people are beautiful. The food is beautiful. Everything is amazing there. Is is that near Florinopolis? No, that's like in the the little corner of Brazil where it yeah. like does the little. Yep, it's right above Bahia, actually. Bahia, okay. I, I yeah. I've I've read many things about Florinopolis, just a wonderful beach town. So you mentioned yes, so it is that. yes. Well, that's fascinating, and and so, but what brought you to United States? My parents moved here actually. Uh, in there, they were in ministry, so church ministry, and they moved here to start um, Spanish and Portuguese speaking ministries here in South Florida. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. what, what? And what? Where did they settle initially? Uh, they first came to Miami Coral or? Springs. Oh, Coral okay. Springs, yeah. And then we moved to Naples, and we have gypsy in our blood, so we've been everywhere from like Florida, Tennessee, California, just everywhere. Well, I guess that's a good segue into saying why I, I know why you chose a food truck business because it, it moves, right? <laughs> there uh, you go. It's the gypsy in me. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, yeah. you and your husband, uh, Worley, you guys had talked for a couple of years about starting a food truck business. Why did that appeal to you too? Well, first of all, the food truck business has a lower overhead than actually starting a uh, brick and mortar. And so that was one of the things that attracted us uh, originally. It's also easier to run a food truck without a huge um, uh, amount of people like employees. So we have little children. I have a seven-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. And so we wanted to start something that was our own, uh, though my husband does have, have a construction company as sure. well. Yep. Um, but we wanted something that was flexible, that we could open whenever we wanted and close whenever we wanted and um, had a good overhead as far as um, 
uh, profit and all of that. So yeah, we thought, why not start a food truck? Our My first idea originally was to start a little, like a cart. Um, yes. But my husband is, uh, he's kind of exaggerated. So he bought a 28 feet foot uh, food truck. So. <laughs> oh my. Well, okay. Maybe a little trivia on me that most people don't know. I was sort of in that same business myself years ago in the Cincinnati area. Oh. I actually had a coffee. I call it a kiosk. It really wasn't, but it actually was mobile. It was back when, of course, yep. Starbucks was really taking off and whatnot. And uh, so I know what that's a, what that's like. I didn't really do festivals. I had a stationary place. It was a very mm-hmm. high traffic area. Matter of fact, it was so high traffic that people wouldn't get out of line to to, to come and get the coffee. They just sit there, look at me, and I'd look at them. I'm like, come on, buy some coffee. <laughs> I did that for about a year or so and uh, moved on. But uh, yeah. so, yeah, well, that's interesting. So, so tell us, so what did you learn as you were kind of doing the research and thinking about getting into this business? What are some things that you discovered, the things that you had to do and to really, to really get into the business? Well, I think the first thing that, we um, have had to do was get all the licensing and, you know, get the food truck ready. So we went to Orlando, we bought like a, a used uh, truck, like a chips, you know, the, the delivery trucks that deliver chips to uh, like the vending machines, like potato chips. And, and yep. yes. Uh huh. Yep. So like Doritos and stuff. So we bought one of those and then we took it to this company in Orlando that puts all of the uh, kitchen um, essentials, like the freezers and the refrigerators. They refurbish and, it then. Yes. Yeah. They do all of that stuff. And so like, it was just a very slow learning process because when you're not involved in that industry and you don't know like where to go and what to do. Sure. And so, uh, but we started with the licensing and then the truck and then slowly, but surely it took us a couple of years to get everything ready um and the, the company in orlando took about six months to finish the truck too so mm, that, I, I that gave know. us some time yeah i had again way back when i had mine refer the guy kind of built it from scratch but um i didn't know at this time this period in time whether you could buy you just kind of like you're buying a car you right. go to some website and they completely um trick it out to whatever it is that your specifications are yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the, the easy part. I feel like the harder part came when the truck was ready, making connections and knowing like, okay, where do we go? How do we get booked? How, who do we talk to? Um, the good thing is that like Sarasota has a few food trucks that are very popular. And so we were able to very early on make connections with them. And my husband, I always tell him that he's like a politician. Everybody loves him. Um, you know, he like, everybody's like, Marley, and you know, he's very friendly and people love to talk to him. So That's he's great. not afraid of like reaching out to somebody and being like, Hey, how did you do this? Or, you know, how can we, what's our next step or what do you think we should do? And so that's how we started. Well, what's wonderful about Florida, of course, it's a huge tourist state. And obviously we have many festivals down here. And I think, and you would know better than I do, that the festivals are getting more and more behind the food truck industry because it's yeah. it's easy. You come in, you sell your wares, I guess they take their cut and then you you mm-hmm. move on to the next festival. How, how yeah. does that work? So, so what, what's been your experience? Uh, the festivals are really nice. The Usually they do like food truck festivals and stuff like sure. that. Um, they are nice. You, you do have 
to give them a percentage or there's usually like a vendor fee that you pay. Um, What we found is that when there is a festival, there are so many food trucks (laughs) and our product is on the healthier side. Yes. And people don't think of food trucks as healthy food. Really? Um, Yeah. So like most people, you know, like at festivals, it's usually tacos and seafood and burgers and, you know, fried hot dogs and keys and all of that (laughs) kind of stuff and donuts and all of that. So um, we love doing festivals. It's an awesome way to promote our business and to get um, right to get connected with people. However, we do way better with like sporting events or even uh, some community events. And we've actually done really well in getting a really good regular following of like people who enjoy our product, like our product and come on a consistent basis. And and how have you been able to do that? I mean, was, was there a particular strategy that you sat down? And you said, Worley, this is this is what we have to do. I mean, just, I'm always I'm always looking for shortcuts, yeah. right? You know, it's a seven step well, process to profitability. Well, you know, Bob, it's my bubbly personality. I'm just so loving. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I think really it is. Uh, number one, our product is really good, and so people. I have a, a few clients that call me their dealer um, because they say they're addicted to our product. <laughs> Um, well, it is, but well, all- well, it is primarily from South America, so you may want to be careful yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, I think it's been our social media presence. I think we've done a really good job of advertising where we're going to be. We've also um, been very intentional in being at a certain regular place every week. So we have a couple of like standard locations that right. we are. Um, during the week and so so that people can come and find us and then the social media aspect in today's market is just like you have to be on instagram you You have have to be on on facebook you know that's how people are going to find you they don't even go to your website anymore they just go to social media now yeah yeah yeah. so we've done we've done a lot of you know posts and and advertising on social media and then that's it and word of mouth i mean when people like something that you make, they go to your friends and they, they post on their social media and then their friends are like, Oh man, that looks so good. I got to go try that, you know? And it is important, the personality behind that, because at the end of the day, I don't know if it was Phil Knight of Nike who said this, I can't remember, but you know, it's, they're really buying the person rather than the product. Actually it yeah. was Phil Knight. He, Phil Knight with the Michael Jordan promotion, he said, what's more interesting, a shoe or a person? Mm-hmm. And so I think you think your personalities really, really matter. And you have your story, you know, the two of you are from Brazil. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's it. That, it, it I assume acai, which is which is the uh, foundation of the bowls that you sell. I guess that's from yeah. Brazil, too. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It grows in South America and the Amazon. Yeah, let's go. Well, tell us a little bit. What, what's so special about acai? Oh, well, first acai. off, first off, what is it? And what's so special yeah. about it? Um, acai is a little berry that grows basically like a, on a palm tree. Um, it, so it's a little tiny berry and it doesn't taste like much by itself. Actually in, in Brazil, they actually eat it with rice and beans, which is not surprising if you know Brazilian people. Yeah, we eat sure. yeah. Rice and beans is like, you, we're not keto. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so anyway, it's a little berry. It's an a- antioxidant. It's a super fruit. It's super, really, really, really good for you. It's really good for your heart health. 
helps to keep the fat away from your veins and all of that stuff. And so um, acai bowls were started by athletes, basically surfers, who wanted to eat something um, that was going to fill them up, but not weigh them down. Yeah. And so that's how they came up with acai bowls. And it's just, um, we mix the acai berry with some other products and, and then it becomes like a really thick smoothie, almost like a sorbet. And we top it with some granola and some fruit and maybe peanut butter or Nutella or, you know, a little bit of honey or whatever else you'd like. And be, um, be careful. I haven't had lunch. I haven't had lunch yet. So. <laughs> I, know. I know you're going to have to come try it out sometime. Yeah, I, I've I, it's been a long time since I have acai. And I'm looking forward to trying the products that you put out there as well. So I, I assume it, this is a huge industry in South America where they grow these. Yes. Uh, I've been yes. I've spent some. I, we were talking before the show. I've spent more time in Chile than than Brazil, and I know, of course, they're huge in in the fruit industry because in the yeah. winter time we see all the Chilean yeah. you know, produce up here. So, so where where do you source your acai? We actually get our acai from a distributor in South Florida, yeah. um, and we were very picky. It took right. us a long time to find the acai that we liked because every brand is different, and so we wanted the best. And uh, this distributor that we found has a really good um, acai uh, puree, basically, mm. is what we use, the frozen, because they can't send the fresh berries. Yeah, yeah. So we have to, has we a have short, to get the frozen. Short self shelf life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I assume there's no acai plantations in Florida. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Maybe someday. I, Maybe. The weather, the weather here is very similar to uh, the Amazon. You know, sure. very humid and hot. So I don't know. It might work actually. Well, so 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 talk a little bit about the uh, the recipes that you have. What do you <laughs> what do you mix it with? And just tell our listeners about you know, what they could expect. Yeah. So our blend that we put on the bottom of the bowl, uh, we call it the bowl blend. Um, and it's just the acai, bananas, blueberries, and apple juice, everything organic. And then we just blend it all up. There's no added sugars. There's no, no chemicals, nothing that's processed. It's just really the fruit. Um, and, and then we top it with some organic hemp granola, and the the fruit on top, you know, we have a few different recipes. Our original recipe, which is the most popular one, is the Wannies. Uh. And we call it the Wannies because my husband's name is Worley and I'm Annie. So it's our <laughs> couple's name. <laughs> and it was the first bowl that we came up with. So, um, And I love to cook. So uh, I cook for our friends a lot. And uh, they always say, oh, we're going to Wannies for dinner, you know. So that's why we named it the Wannies Bowl. But it's got bananas, strawberries, blueberries, some honey drizzle on top, and then some uh, chia seeds and flax seeds. Well, you have some wonderful photographs here on your Instagram account. And at the end yeah. here, we'll, we'll tell people how to get there on Instagram and your Facebook account. Mm -hmm. I also like the photograph that you have. I assume that's your daughter who's washing that big purple uh, yes. food truck that you have there. That's lovely. <laughs> That's yeah, lovely. yeah. Our kids. My daughter's actually going to be uh, working with me during the summer. She she loves cool. to do the events. Yeah, we've done a couple of events, and she likes to come and and runs the register. That's wonderful. It's, it's interesting because my wife, again, we're both from a small town in northern Ohio in, in uh, north of Cincinnati. She grew up yeah. in a family owned business, mm -hmm. and uh, she's very industrious. She does not let the moss grow underneath her feet, as the saying goes. Yeah. And, uh, 
And so she started just like apparently your your daughter is going to start. So she'll that's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Well, so so you've been in business for how long then? Uh, it'll be two years officially. We started the year of the pandemic. So yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, we. What uh, would people want to get outside then, right? Or I know. So we actually launched July of 2020. That was our launch date. Okay. So so you've been just about two years. What's been the most surprising thing that you've discovered? I think the most surprising thing that <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but is that people like our stuff. I don't know. Like I <laughs> knew it was good. <laughs> you know, like you know that you like what you like, right. but then like the fact that people keep coming back. You know, like um, we have such an amazing following and people who just. Um, come and see us and get our stuff on a regular basis. And we are like, I'm shocked. Um, not in a bad way. I'm just like pleasantly surprised. And I'm like, so happy. Like, yeah, you like us. You it, know? It, it is funny. I mean, it's the same thing with this podcast. You know, I had a particular idea, Sarasota stories. I've met so many wonderful people. And Sarasota is, is to me a fascinating town because it's a small city or a big town. I don't know what the designation is, but it's, it's, a, it's really a small area. And yet everybody, I've met so many folks that are coming from the other 49 states yeah. and they're coming here to connect. But it's not only that, then you have the international flair that you have yeah. because you do have South American, European, obviously Canadian, uh, trying to get out of the winters yeah. and whatnot. And so um, I was really surprised about whether this podcast would go or not. And right now it's just yeah. really taken off and it's been a real, it's been a real, real surprise. Yeah. And it, I mean, you know, you always hope that you're going to do well. Sure. And you, you always, you know, but it's just, we've, we've developed uh, relationships with our, our customers who are coming to the truck and it's just, I mean, it's so nice. It's so beautiful. What are some of the challenges that you faced? Uh, everything doesn't go, not everything is, they say peaches and cream, I guess for you, it's acai and cream. Not, every, <laughs> not, not everything, not everything is great with, all the time. So what's been the, the challenging things? The most challenging part has been dealing with like the licensing with the city. The city of Sarasota isn't very truck uh, friendly. Mm. Um, and just like little things like um, we had to actually rent a warehouse for the truck because the county came by and was like, oh, you guys can't have the truck in your in your driveway. You know, even though we're not like an HOA or I didn't know that. Yeah, so apparently that's a thing. So that puts a that puts another uh layer of of expenses on. Yes. Yep, yep, another overhead, yeah, um expense, but uh and so that's one aspect of it. The other one is that you're very limited as far as space goes in a food truck. Mm. So, you know, we had intentionally decided to have a very limited menu. We have a very limited sure. menu in order to have space for the things that we have and in order to execute them very, very well. And very quickly. It's, it's interesting. I was watching yeah. a program the other day about, you know, the big pizza companies, you know, mm -hmm. 75 years ago and early on, I think it was Domino's. They were, they had an extensive menu when they first started off and they were in one store yeah. And they couldn't keep up with the orders. And so when yeah. they did away with sandwiches and everything else and only did pizzas, that's when they were able to fulfill their customers' orders in a in a timely manner. So I think that's very smart. Yeah. yeah I don't know how the Cheesecake Factory does it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So 
Well, so where would you like to take your business? You've been at two years. You're starting. You're working out. You know a lot of the kinks. You're starting to say, okay, we're 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 starting to get some repetitive uh, or predictable results, if you will. Where would you yeah. like to take your business? Um, I think a brick and mortar would be wonderful. I think it would be really great to have uh, a specific place that's open every day of the week, and people can just come and you know, um, and then keep the food truck for like special events on the weekends and have basically two crews, you know, uh, I think that would be really great. Do you have especially, to use- especially in Sarasota, cause there aren't a ton of places that sell acai bowls. No, there aren't. I've seen a couple other places. Yeah. Matter of fact, there's one, um, not too far from me that sells, I won't name, I won't name it. I went in there and I was not impressed, but yeah. they, uh, they, they sell some, um, you know, some bowls and yeah. whatnot. There's a couple of, there's a new place opening over by UTC and, you know, yeah. it, it's just becoming a very popular thing, especially with a younger um, demographic, like teenagers love acai bowls. Sure. Sure. Well, and that's, that's the benefit because as yeah. we older folks that grew up with uh, meat and potatoes, uh, <laughs> as we get older and, and pass away, the young, young folks are coming on and they'll, they'll have grown yeah. up with your type of food. So that's neat. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. neat. Where can people find you? So we are on Tuesdays and Thursdays at a specific location. Um, it's just a church parking lot on Tuttle, South Tuttle, um, over by the Circle. It's 3005 South Tuttle Avenue. And we're there every Tuesday and Thursday from 10 to 2. Um, and then just check our, our Facebook and Instagram. And we post a weekly schedule every week with uh, locations and times and addresses so that everybody That's can- great. Just be aware of where we're going to be. That's great. Now, does weather impact you guys at all? Yes. If it's raining a lot, then we we won't go out. But that's that's a beautiful thing of Florida. Like you never know where it's going to rain. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. You don't. But, we, go ahead. But usually the rains are you know just a few minutes and then it stops raining. So we still go out anyway. Well, you have some wonderful photographs here on Instagram and you have over a thousand followers, which is impressive. Might only be, yeah. And, you, and same on Facebook as well. So, yeah. so, but people primarily should go to Facebook to find out where you're going to be. Yep. Facebook and Instagram. How about, how about your phone number there? Do you want people calling that? I'll let you say it if not. <laughs> no, they can call it actually that uh, people can call it. I've had people call and ask for, you know, to go orders and all that stuff. So That's yeah, great. absolutely. Yeah, so it's at 941-681-6048. Yeah. You can find more about Annie and Purple Bowl and that's P-U-R-P-L-E-B-O-L. That's right. Dot com. But Annie, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. It's been so awesome to talk to you today. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.